Well, welcome back to our next edition of the Mike Care Radio Show. Fantastic Florida, as always, partly broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And my next guest is Lori Wyman, who is an accomplished Florida casting director and has cast some of the largest blockbuster movies, commercials, and popular television series for the past 30 years. Her career began in the 1980s when she cast the Miami Vice television series starring Don Johnson. And Lori, it's such a pleasure and honor that you could uh, be here today and tell us all about, uh, you know, your career and uh, all about uh, the world of uh, casting movies and TV. And first of all, why don't you, we, we, well, we mentioned that uh, your, your career started with Miami Vice, but tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the, the world of casting. All right. Thank you, Mike. Well, actually, um, I graduated from the University of Miami with a degree in speech and communications because there really is no degree that educates you on how to be a casting director. Uh, we're, we're trying to correct that, but right now um, there, there isn't, and at that time there definitely wasn't. So I knew I wanted to be in the film business somehow because I just thought it was so fascinating, and all through school I had done theater. I loved performing, but I didn't think that I wanted to be in front of the camera, but I wanted to be around the industry. So to my great fortune, um, there was a talent agency in South Florida at the time called Act One Talent Agency, and they were pretty much the biggest talent agency at the time. And one of the professors at the University of Miami made an announcement that Act One Talent Agency was looking for somebody to do filing and typing. So we all know that you don't start at the top. You have to start somewhere, you know, in, in the proverbial mailroom, as they say. So I applied for that job, and I got it. And that's how I started. I was working in a talent agency, and then I became what is known as a sub-agent. So I didn't own the agency, but basically I did everything that a talent agent would do. And we were a smaller industry back then, and I would put people on tape. So I would essentially be doing what casting directors do within a talent agency environment. And then the company that was handling the Miami Vice television series reached out to me and asked me if I would like to come work for them, which I did. And so I was handling the Miami Vice television series at this particular casting company. I did that for about two years, and then the producer of Miami Vice approached me. This is kind of a scary time for me. He approached me and he said, leave there, and I guarantee you the Vice account. And that was kind of scary because, you know, I... I was young, and I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, and how is that going to affect me and our relationship and all that? But I did. I had a lot of advice at that time, and I did. And so then I did the last two seasons of Miami Vice in-house. So that was my early career. And then after that, I just started going from job to job to job. I did Burt Reynolds series, BL Striker, which was shot in Jupiter. That was a lot of fun. That was a great show to work on. Burt was a wonderful person to work for and with because he was an actor's, he was, he was an actor's actor and he was an actor's director. 
and he was so kind to all of the actors, which was a different experience than I had had when I worked on Miami Vice. And um, and then I just I guess it went from there, and then I and then I opened my own office because with Miami Vice and BL Stryker, I worked in their offices. And in 1990, I opened my own office, my Lori Wyman casting office in North Miami Beach. Oh, wow. That, that's great, uh, Lori. And uh, so, and, you know, this being the show, a fantastic Florida. And one thing I see here that you were the casting director for Dolphin Tale, too. I really enjoy that. And so so movies like that, they're looking for local uh, Florida talent. Or, I mean, you try to cast in, you know, local people or. Yes. Two of two of my favorite shows. One was an HBO movie called Recount which we shot in Jacksonville and in Tallahassee. And it was the story of the 2000 presidential election between Al Gore and George W. Bush uh, with all the hanging chads and, and all that. And in that movie, Mike, I cast over 80 principal roles that came out of Florida. It was a fantastic experience. It was huge. It was huge. And we, we were casting for a couple of months. And but but it was a it was a fantastic a lot of those actors, they because the casting process wasn't just to find actors. It was to find actors who looked like their real counterparts. So somebody who looked like Al Gore, somebody who looked like Tipper Gore, somebody who looked like George W. Bush, somebody who looked like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sandra Day O'Connor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, it was quite a challenge, and it was great. And then with Dolphin Tail, that was such a lovely project to work on. And we did Dolphin Tail and Dolphin Tail 2. That show shot in Clearwater, Florida, I don't know the exact numbers, so I don't want to quote numbers. Right. But what I do know is the boost to the financial economy in the Clearwater area because of those two movies was in the millions and tens of millions and, and, and I believe hundreds of millions of dollars. It, um, it put Clearwater, Florida on the map. So kids from all over the country and probably world wanted to go see winter the dolphin that lost her tail and so what i noticed i was on vacation in i think it was in clearwater and i was in one of the hotels and you know how they have those hotel books and i was leafing through it and in leafing through it what i realized was when a family wanted to come to clearwater because their child had seen dolphin tail and they wanted to see the dolphin winter the dolphin well, they weren't going to come from Michigan or or Washington State to Clearwater and not go to Disney World, Epcot, Universal Studios, Busch Gardens. And these advertisements in these books in the hotels would advertise all of it. What a massive amount of financial infusion into the economy. But hotels, uh, restaurants, rental cars. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on just because kids want to go see where Winter the Dolphin was. It's an amazing. It, 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 the effect 
that one movie can have on on an economy is, is staggering. Great. Uh, okay, uh, Lori, if you don't mind, can you t- take us a little bit through the uh, the casting process? I mean, where does it start, and you know, where does it finish? Sure, I'd love to. So I get a script. I get a call from a client, and they say we have a movie we'd like you to cast. Okay, and they send me a script. I read the script. I go through the script, and then we discuss what roles do you want me to cast because obviously several of the roles have already been precast as in the stars of the movie. Right. And so they've already got the stars, they've already got the leads and we don't do those obviously in Florida. So they say, well, we've already got these eight roles so you cast the other 20. Okay. Now I read, I get the breakdown. Some of them are simple. Some of them are a nurse that says, uh, Doctor, please see the patient in room three. And that's all they say, and they walk away. We never see them again. But then there's the roles that are the secretary to the main lead, and everywhere the lead is, the secretary appears. So she might be working one week, two weeks, five weeks, depending on how long the movie is shooting. So what I do, and it's changed a little now from when I first started, because now we have something called self-taping what we call it, self-taping, where the actor... See, when I did recount, we'll use that as an example, I did casting in Miami, in Orlando, and in Jacksonville. So there was no self-taping. I traveled to Miami. Well, I was in Miami. I traveled to Orlando. I traveled to Jacksonville. And the actors came to where I was so that I could put them on tape. Now... I can stay in Miami, and if there's actors in Jacksonville, actors in Tallahassee, actors in Tampa, Orlando, they record themselves wherever they are, and they email me their recording. So then what I do is I get all of those, and depending on how many roles there are will depend on how many dozens or hundreds or potentially thousands of videos that I have to go through. So we go through them, and then my job, depending on, depending on the, the project, but essentially my job is to go through all of that and narrow it down to the best actors that I feel are right for those particular roles based on the information that was given to me by the producer and the director. So if they say we're looking for a 40s-year-old Hispanic male, good-looking, I'm just in the process of casting a movie now in Miami, and that was one of the roles, good-looking, suave, debonair, charming, and I get a video of a guy who's 22. I go, no, too young. I get a video of a man who's in his 70s. No, too, too old. I get a video of a man who is not charming at all. I go, no, doesn't have the right demeanor, and so on. So then I narrow down to the top, however many they, they request, six, eight, ten. I want to see 12. I only want to see your top two. Sometimes the producers say, I don't have time. You narrow it down to your top two, which I don't like doing that because I like to give them a lot of choices. But however many choices, typically I'll do eight or ten. And I send that to the producer. They go through that. 
and they say one of a few things. Either, oh my gosh, I love these people, we want to cast John Doe. Or they say, let's narrow it down to these four, and then they're going to forward it on to maybe their money person, or they're going to forward it on to whomever their superior is. Now, something happened to me last week where they forwarded a bunch of girls on, and then they wrote me back and they said, my client doesn't like any of the girls that we forwarded on. We need to see more. That happens. Or they said, we like these four. Put them on hold. We'll get back to you and let you know which ones we like. There's there's various scenarios. There's not really a... Um, an exact, because it could be a little left, a little right, but then eventually they narrow it down to the one person that they love. And then they give us that information, and then we call the agent, we say we want to book so-and-so. And then it doesn't stop there for us, because then there's a lot of paperwork. Everybody thinks this is so, so glamorous, but then there's a lot of paperwork in, involved. There's, we have to get all your information, we have to, what we call something called Station 12, if it's a union project, which most of the TV shows and movies I do are union, <clears throat> we call uh, the person's name into the union to find out, are they a member of the union? If they're a member of the union, are they a member in good standing? Do they owe money? Are they not a member? Do they have to join? Or can we do something called Taft-Hartley? This is all kind of detail stuff, but Taft-Hartley is we, we type up a waiver. Why did we hire this person over somebody who was in the union? And sometimes it's because we, we just absolutely could not find a suitable actor who is in the union who fits all the specifications and is as good of an actor as this non-union person. So, in a nutshell, that's the process. Okay, Lori, you know what? That sounds great. What we are going to do is we are going to uh, take a, a quick break and be back. And my guest today is a great uh, casting director, Lori Wyman, calling us uh, from the Miami, uh, Florida area. And uh, you are listening to the Mike Care Radio Show, Fantastic Florida, as always, probably broadcasting from a Koei, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And please stay with us for our next segment of this edition of our program today. Well, welcome back to our next segment of this edition of the Mike Care Radio Show, Fantastic Florida. As always, probably brought casting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. My guest today is a great uh, casting director from Miami, Florida, who casts um, movies and TV shows all over the country, and some of the, your, your favorite and best movies and TV shows she's had a hand in, Lori Wyman, my guest today, and Lori Wyman also uh, cast uh, Miami Vice, one of the quintessential Florida TV shows. And, uh, uh, you know, that's kind of how she started her career doing that. And she's done so many great movies and TV shows. We're blessed and honored to have uh, Lori Wyman here. And Lori, pleasure and honor that you could join me today. Thanks so much. We are truly blessed. Okay, uh, Lori, uh, one question, you know, I was wondering, you know, in the movies, we see usually a guy, you know, walking, you know, his dog. And I'm wondering, do you cast the guy and his dog or do you have like a separate dog? Because it seemed like it'd be more logical, you know, that you'd have both the guy and the dog uh, together. Well, 
depending on if it's an extra person, and I uh, sometimes I do extras. Usually I just do the principals. Um, but let's say it's an extra, and they'll say, we want to find a guy and his dog. Yeah. But if it's a principal, if it's the speaking role, they will typically go to an animal wrangler. There's There are animal wranglers out there, and that person will provide the dog or whatever the animal is. So I don't, I do not do animal casting. That's a whole separate category, and those animals need to be trained so that they either don't bite somebody or they don't go left when you're going right or they don't decide to just lay down in the middle of the shot and not not participate. So I do not do animals, really. I, I, I don't do animals. It's a whole nother. It's a whole nother. I don't do animals. I don't do. People call and they're like, "We need cars." I don't do cars. I don't do animals. I don't do locations. You know, somebody says, "Well, we need to find this beautiful house." But on the flip side, sometimes, sometimes the locations people might find a beautiful location. They want to shoot in that house, and the owner of the house says, "Well, I want my daughter to be in your movie then." And that's when I get the phone call. Could you please see so-and-so, you know, as a favor? So that happens sometimes. Oh, but do you do babies, though? Well, (laughs) not usually. They actually have a baby wrangler. There's actually a job. A baby wrangler, yes. (laughs) Wow. It's amazing, really. There, there's, you would be shocked, or I guess the public would be shocked, at all of the different components to put together uh, a production. But, I mean, I will do, if I'm doing a casting, let's say I'm casting a, a project where there is a mom and a baby. Sometimes I, I, did, I did a movie last summer, and they were looking for a mom and a baby, and I knew an actress who had just recently had a baby. So I brought her in because she's a good actress, so they liked her, so they cast her with her baby. So in that respect, I do babies, but typically that whole, you know, like the Pampers, where they need to see hundreds and hundreds, I don't, I don't do that. Oh, okay. Uh, so, you know, one of the things I, I find in- interesting, you know, with the America's Most Wanted casting, we know that those are actors, but that is interesting. So, I mean, for you, do you get, like, pictures of the actual people that you're supposed to cast then or yes i do i absolutely do when i was doing the america's most wanted and i i did them for 20 years in florida it was a very wonderful experience i will tell you i really enjoyed working on those um they would send me the story and they would send me the pictures of the people that they needed to uh replicate the lookalikes we would say and what we did often is an actor would come in and I'd look at them and I'd go, go to the bathroom, take off your makeup, slick your hair back, part it on the side, um, take off that shirt, put on this shirt. I would basically make them look like that picture if they had, you know, the components, dark hair, dark eyes, um, stocky, body, etc. So if somebody had a similar look to the picture, 
I would then say, okay, now we have to rearrange. Oh, she's wearing red lipstick in the picture. Put on red lipstick. She's got her hair pulled back. He's wearing a baseball cap. Put on a baseball cap. I would get them to look exactly like the picture. Because oftentimes, clients can't visualize unless you show them exactly what they're looking for. So that was um, that was a very challenging job, which was, I enjoyed it immensely, and it was a great training ground for when I did recount, because like I said, we cast over 80 roles, and most of them were lookalikes. So because I'd had so many years' experience doing America's Most Wanted, when I did recount, I said, okay, you're going to part your hair on this side, you're going to wear these kind of glasses, you have to wear a suit, the picture of is of him in a dark suit, you put on a dark suit, and so on. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's casting at its finest, I say, because it's, it's very analytical, uh, it was challenging, I enjoyed it, I enjoyed it a lot, and I also loved, because we were catching criminals. You know, we were doing yeah. something good for society when we did the America's Most Wanted as well. Okay, Lori. So a movie, so a TV show like Magic City, which is pretty much a period piece, do like when people come in, you know, and and you know they they have a test for you, you know, you have them, you know, do this test. Do they know that you know pretty much that these these roles are you know a certain time period or? Yes. Um, I just finished casting, which was the very same thing, a television series that we shot in and around Orlando called The Right Stuff. I don't know if you'd heard about it. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was a period piece as well, late 50s, early 60s, about the Apollo mission, you know, the NASA Apollo mission. And so it was the same thing. And I would say to the actors, if your hair is long, same with Magic City, if your hair is long, you're not going to get cast. If you have a man, if you have a big, full beard, you're going to have to shave it off. They can't. They need to see what they're looking for. Cut your hair really short and then let it grow. For the girls, you know, a lot of girls have long, straight hair. Well, women didn't wear their hair like that back then. So I would say to them, Get some kind of clothing that makes you look 1950s. Put your hair under. Look at pictures of what women looked like back then. And they did. Because the ones who didn't do that, I couldn't forward them on. You had to be, period. We did a casting, the first episode of The Right Stuff. We did a casting. And we told all the men, if you have a beard, you have to be willing to shave because they didn't have the beards back then. And one kid got booked out of Atlanta. He drove from Atlanta to Orlando, had a beard, showed up to the set, and they said, all right, you're going to have to uh, shave your beard. He said, I can't. And they were like, well, what do you mean you can't? He said, yeah, I'm recurring in another TV show, and, and I need the beard for that. Of course, I got a phone call in the middle of the day, and they said, what are we going to do with this guy? We we can't, actors, I guess, just don't get it. We can't have a guy with a full beard because they didn't look like that in 1959. And that kid, and he knew, he knew he was supposed to shave his beard. And he, I think he just thought, well, it won't really matter once I show up on the set, it won't really matter. 
Well, yes, it matters, because when it's period, it matters. When it's period, you have to look a certain way. And uh, we had to say, sorry, you have to leave. And he drove from Atlanta and drove back to Atlanta for nothing. And so it's the same with uh, the Magic City. Anything period, if you have actors listening, anything period, if they're auditioning, they must look like that period when auditioning because it's very, very difficult for the client to envision. And then in our case, we get a little nervous now. Uh-oh, if they've got the big full beard, are they going to shave on the day? Are they going to show up and pull a pull a stunt like the the kid did on the first episode of The Right Stuff? So it, it, it's absolutely crucial that you look like that. And, and you can make yourself look like that. You can. I knew one girl who she she got a wig because she had very long straight hair, and she said, well, "I don't want to cut my hair." And she got a wig, and it was a beautiful wig, and it looked perfect. And she got cast, and she's she used the wig on the show. Oh, great! So, Lori, now the question is, uh, I, I have here. You mentioned that you you need to look the part, so this is probably you know more focused to the guy. So, let's say you're casting a movie about Woodstock. Does that mean that they should come looking accordingly then? As best they can. I mean, obviously. Um, well, think about it. If you've got a guy whose hair is uh, really, really cut short crew cut and um, clean cut as clean cut could be and he comes in and auditions and you look at him and you go mm, I don't know you know there's a look of Woodstock with the long the men long hair and the beards and the mustaches and the uh, it's just hard to envision you know you know here's my here's my analogy because I teach, I teach actors, I teach actors auditioning skills. And here's my analogy, and I've never done this. I've never done online dating. I, I got married before online dating was created. But here's my analogy. If you're doing online dating and you're looking for a certain type and you're looking for a man, I'm, I'm a woman, I'm looking for a man, 50 years old, um, I want him to be uh, 5'10 to 6'2. I want him to be fit and trim, and I want him to have blonde hair. And the first guy I see looks like he's 25 with long, dark hair, and he's 5'6. I'm not going to look at him and say, well, maybe, maybe if I. No, well, he's not right. Let's keep, and I don't know anything about him other than what he looks like. Let's keep going. And I see another man pops up. He's 72 years old. He's too short. He's, you know what I'm saying? It, it, that The first thing we see is the visual. If visually you don't match what I'm looking for, what is my incentive to keep going, to keep watching your audition or to keep reading about your profile. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I say that to actors. If you don't look like what they're looking for, what is their incentive to keep watching your video or to keep reading your resume? Like, you know, that's not the right look. Keep going. Mm. You know? So 
so so that's what I tell actors. You need to somewhat look like what the character is. Now, I say, um, don't look like you're wearing a Halloween costume. You know, make it look real. If you're supposed to be a nurse, let's say, well, maybe you might be wearing a white T-shirt and white jeans. You don't need to come in with the little, you know, the Halloween costume nurse, the little skirt (laughs) and the little cap and the little, you know, you don't have to come like that, but you have to come looking nurse-esque, if you will. So that's what I always say to actors. If you're auditioning for something, at least let us look at you and envision that you could be what we're looking for. Okay. Okay, Lori. One of the shows I, you know, that's one of my dad's favorite shows that I know you've casted for is Ballers. Can you tell us about that experience? Ballers was was really great. They cast an awful lot of people in South Florida. Um, It was a lot of fun. It was a whole it was a whole nother look. So I was doing at the same time I was doing Ballers, I was also doing Bloodline. So Ballers was more, you know, pretty girls and good-looking guys and a lot of glitz and glamour. And Bloodline was gritty characters, character faces, not necessarily attractive people at all, but real-looking people. Let's look for at real-looking people, um, interesting faces, quirky, good actors. We still needed good actors for both. But Ballers was more the the sexy, pretty, those kind of folk, and, and Bloodline was the down and dirty looking kind of people. So they were, and I did both of those at the same exact time, and very, very different. But um, and some people crossed over. Some were able to look Bloodline, and then also look Ballers. So um, that was that was a, that was a good show to work on. Um, nice group of people. Yep. And I know. I believe they're still going. Yeah. Oh, and, and you know, Lori, we're coming up to, you know, the Christmas time. Have you cast for any, like, Christmas-type movies? or? In the past, um, you know, Hallmark is always associated with those kinds of movies. And I've done three Hallmark movies in the last year that were all shot in, in Florida. And... Uh, those are always fun. You know, those are always fun because everybody's happy on those sets because everything's pretty and happy and loving, and those are a lot of fun to, to work on. Um, yeah, I always enjoy. I, I'm very fortunate to have done just such a wide range of, of projects and able to work with a wide range of actors. And if, as an actor, you can be a chameleon, then you can ca- you can be cast in a Hallmark type movie, a Bloodline type television show, and a Ballers type television show. But as an actor, you need to be versatile enough to be able to change and look this way and look that way. You know, look differently to to accommodate all the different types of roles out there. Okay, Lori, you know what? That sounds great. What we are going to do is we are going to take a quick break, and we will be back for our very last segment of this edition of our program today. My guest today calling us from beautiful Miami, Florida, is... uh 
Lori Wyman, who is a great casting director of some of your very favorite movies and TV shows, including Ballers and Bones and... uh, of course, Miami Vice and and Twenty One Jump Street and uh, Dolphin Tale, a Dolphin Tale Two. So so many so many of those great memorable movies that she's had a, a hand in casting some of the supporting cast. So we're we're very glad that she could be here today, uh, Lori Wyman. You are listening to the Mike Care Radio Show. Fantastic Florida, as always, proudly broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And please stay with us for our very last segment of this edition of our program today. Well, welcome back to our very last segment of this edition of the Mike Kara Radio Show. Fantastic Florida, as always, proudly broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And... Uh, My guest today is Lori Wyman, who is uh, a great casting director in the Miami, Florida area, and she's uh, casted some of your favorite movies and TV shows, including uh, Miami Vice. We all remember that great show, so uh, we're blessed and honored to have uh, Lori here uh, today, and uh, we want to thank Lori so much for being here, and we also want to thank uh, each and every one of our uh, radio uh, listeners to be here today and uh, you know we we just are so glad that you could uh, share um, you know my love and passion for what I do which is bringing you Lori's love and passion for what she does and you know if you've got any show ideas or or guest ideas please let me know and we'll get uh, those Right, right on. You know, give me a call. Send me an email. You can go to my website. It has that pertinent information. Also, if you'd like to become a tweet peep, you can do that simply by uh, going to twitter.com slash MikeKara73, twitter.com slash M-I-K-E-K-A-R-A-73. And there you're going to see basically a plethora of behind-the-scenes information. But basically, we're going to say, I just interviewed uh, Lori Wyman from North Miami Beach. Then I'm going to say I'm working on a show with Lori Wyman from North Miami Beach and the show uh, with Lori Wyman from North Miami Beach via Anchor will be posted there. So again, my guest is Lori Wyman, a great casting director, calling us today from uh, uh, you know, North uh, Miami Beach, Florida. And uh, Lori, it's such a pleasure and honor you could join me today. Thanks so much. Uh, we truly do appreciate it, and we're truly blessed that you're here. We want to let everyone know that uh, you also have uh, videos uh, online where you offer suggestions and, and tips. And I was checking some of those out about you know how actors should be on time and prompt. And you know those are the little things that people don't always think of, but they they have such an impact on your overall assessment, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. If you have an audition at a certain time and you walk in five minutes late, you're going to be rattled. You don't want to walk into an audition rattled. You want to get there early, if you need to use the restroom, if you want to touch up your makeup, if you want to review your dialogue one more time. Sometimes, you know, I I 
pretty much run on time. I'm, I'm very time-oriented. I don't want to make you wait. I don't want you to make me wait. Time is essential in our, in our industry. And if you're doing at 1 o'clock and you show up at 5 after 1 and I see you, I go, okay, come on, you're next. Sometimes actors go, well, I just got here. I go, I know, but you're late, and, and it's your turn. Well, do I have time to go to the bathroom? And, and if I've got clients in the room... Well, the clients still want to wait. I've had clients leave at the end of the day when actors were running late, and clients say, I'm sorry, we have to get out of here. We have a plane to catch. We have a dinner reservation, whatever. I had a man drive from Jacksonville to Miami, and he was running late, and he showed up, and I begged the client to wait for him, and the client said, I'm sorry, he's late, and we have another appointment after here. And that poor guy drove whatever it is, five and a half hours from Jacksonville to Miami. Um, and because he was like 15, 20 minutes late, he missed the client. And I said, I'm so, I felt so badly. There was nothing I could do. And, uh, and that happens. So I tell people, I always say, plan to get wherever 30 minutes early. Plan to get there. So if you know you have a 1 o'clock, put it in your calendar at 1230. Plan to get there at 30 minutes early. That way, if you're running 10 minutes behind, you're okay, you know. But but to try to get there, and a lot of places have um, meter parking, street parking, and then you're, you're, you have a 1 o'clock appointment, you show up at 1 o'clock, and you can't find a parking place. Or in, in South Florida, for sure, it rains a lot. I think it's raining today. It rains a lot. And uh, so now you're, you're parked three blocks away. You're in your, your audition clothes. You don't have an umbrella. You're, you've got a plastic bag over your head. You know, these things will throw you off in no time. So I always say to actors, just give yourself a break. Give yourself every advantage in the world so that when you do go to an audition, you are at your very best instead of frazzled. Oh, so, so Laurie, you're saying that it's always good, that first impression. So, like you you said, just you know, come come right in, get there a half an hour early. So, I mean, do you, what, are there people that get there a half an hour early and they, they just sit there quietly? I mean, does that, that make a difference? Does that make a good impression for you or? Well, it just shows, it, what it, the impression that it makes is they're prepared so that when they walk into the office, into the casting room, they, they're prepared. They know what they're doing. They, they're more calm. They know their dialogue. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times an actor walks into the casting room, they're in the middle of their dialogue and their phone rings. Oh, yeah. And they look at me and they go, I'm sorry. And I go, don't apologize to me. That just ruined your audition. Oh yeah. It's not. It, don't look at me. And and then they and then they they feel terrible. And I go, I'll cast the role. I just won't cast it with you, because that phone just ruined. Why? And in my waiting room, I have four four signs that say, "Turn your cell phone off. Put your cell phone oh. away." I mean, I I give them every opportunity. Oh, okay. I, I don't lead them by the hand. These people are adults. This is this is a their business. This is a professional business. And for those of us who are in this business, we make our livelihood by being in this business. My husband and I both are in this business, and this is this has supported us 
throughout our whole careers, our whole marriage, and we have a child, and it supports her. So we take this business very seriously. If I am told that I have a meeting with somebody at 10 o'clock, I don't show up at 10 after and then look at them and say, do you mind if I use the restroom first? What what kind of an impression does that make? If I have a, a casting and a client says, I need the video by the end of the day Monday, I don't call him Tuesday morning and go, yeah, I'm still working on it. He's like, ah, I needed it by yesterday. Oh, you did? But actors do that to me all the time. I have emails and voicemails that say, I know that you need our video by Wednesday morning. Do you think I could have until Thursday? When I tell you, Mike, I get this every single project. Right now there's a voicemail on my phone of a guy saying, yeah, I ran into a little bit of trouble. I knew you needed it by last Wednesday. Do you think it's okay if I turn it in today, Monday? No, it's not okay. My client needed it last Wednesday. And this is a business. It's not a game. And a lot of people don't treat it as a business. People come in and I'll say, "Do do you have your materials? Oh, Oh, I brought it last time. Oh. I said, well, okay, well, I gave it to the client last time. This is a new client. Right. It, it's, you know, and I guess if they don't know, they don't know. What you don't know, you don't know. But if you're going to be in this business, like any business, do your homework, do your research. There are so many, like you said, on my website, my website, theorganicactor.com. Go to theorganicactor.com. Go to resources. There's all kinds of information in there. I have some videos. I have an online video you can purchase that takes you through everything. And it is mind-boggling that people just think it's parents who want their kids to do... I had a a young man who called me recently. I want to be an actor. Okay. And I'm good, and I'm this. I said, okay. I said, who are you studying with? He said, studying. I said, yeah, who, who, who do you currently take classes with? Oh, no, no, no. He said, I don't need to take classes. I'm a natural. Uh-uh. I said, yeah, that, that, I said, that attitude will get you nowhere. What do you mean? He said, I'm good. I said, but you have no technique. You, 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 just because you could go on a tennis court and hit a tennis ball, you're not going to play in the U.S. Open. I'm sorry. How many, are you taking tennis lessons? I'm good. Uh Uh-huh. Do you know how you get to the U.S.? Do you know the, the steps it takes to become a professional tennis player? No. Well, it's the same with an actor. You don't go from zero to a hundred by sitting in your bedroom. It's it's a career like anything else. It requires classes. It requires um, materials. You need a good headshot, not a headshot that your cousin's sister's boyfriend's nephew is handy with an iPhone. You you get good headshots. That's your your calling card. And you get many of them. 
You get one that makes you look happy. You get one that makes you look sad. You get one that makes you look like a a business person, a professional, a a mom, a, a boyfriend, an ingenue, whatever character you are. You get many of them. And you have an actor's access profile and a casting network's profile. And actors come in, I go, uh, do you have an actor's access profile? What's that? Well, if you don't have one, how can you call yourself a serious TV and film actor? I want to be a stage actor. Do you take, do you take acting classes, theater classes? No. Why? There is an investment, absolutely, that is necessary if you want to make this a career. However... It is absolutely doable if you take the steps necessary in order to accomplish it. And sometimes what people do, which is, I I wonder, they book something. And sometimes people book their first job as a fluke. They have a, a look, whatever. And then they book it and they go, yeah, I got this. And I go, do you think that when a football team wins the Super Bowl, which is like the pinnacle. A football team wins the Super Bowl. Do you think they go to their coach, yeah, we got this, we don't need to train anymore, we're good? Or do you think they get out there and they train harder? Do you think that they're watching the videos of the football game saying, yeah, we shouldn't have thrown the ball here, we shouldn't have run here? What what do you think? Do you think Venus and Serena Williams, they win Wimbledon and they go, we got this, we don't have to practice anymore, we're good? No, they train harder. And it's the same mentality for actors. They have to keep training and train harder. When I did Ballers, one of the series regulars, one of the girls, came into my office towards the end of the season and because she asked me if I'd put her on tape for something. And I said to her, you're going to go back to L.A. now, aren't you? She said, yes. I said, what are you going to do when you go back there? She said, As soon as I go back, I'm going back into my classes. I'm going back to my acting classes. I said, good for you. She was just a series regular on a hit television series. And what was she going to do when she finished that season? She was going to go right back into her acting classes. And that's what good actors do. They don't say, yeah, I got this. I'm done. And so this is a business, and it is a process, and it is absolutely attainable if people take the steps to do what is necessary. Yep. Okay, Lori, we really appreciate your time. And before we go, you you mentioned your your website. So so the process basically is that that uh, people have a talent agent and then they send them to you. So not to contact you necessarily directly or how does that work? Well, they don't contact the casting director directly. Right. They should have a talent agent. Yeah. So that the process is the actor gets an agent, then the agent submits them to the casting director. That's the process. Um, in order to get a talent agent, oftentimes, I mean, you need a resume. You, you need, you, it's, it's a little bit of a catch-22. How do I get work if I don't have an agent? How do I get an agent if I don't have work? Um, but there's, there's 
extra work to, just to get you going. That's where acting classes come in. You get into a class, you start networking with people, you start learning. Many of the acting classes will invite an, an agent or a casting director to watch their end of the session work. I've gone to many of them and watched actors perform in their acting classes, and I've gotten many, many actors that way. Theater. Even if it's community theater, I go to a lot of theater. I've gotten many actors that way by finding them in a in a, in a show, in a play. Uh, student films. Contact the, the colleges and the universities that have film departments. They do films. Those kids make movies. They're looking for actors. There's so many ways to get yourself out there. And even being on a set as an extra talking to the other extras. Who are your agents? Who, what classes do you take? How did you get this job? So all of that networking absolutely contributes one step. Nobody starts at the top. So many big stars of today were an extra in their first job or two. So yes, um, that, that would be a good, all of those student films, plays, classes, all of those ways is a great way to network and move themselves up and up and up and up. And with these, you know, auditions, you know, the, the what you do, do you film everything then? or I film everything. When people come into me, I put everybody on tape. Otherwise, like I said, people send me self-tapes, so then I, I collect those. But just for that particular job, I don't keep them. Once that job is over, I don't keep all of that because that job is over, and then we move on to the next job. Okay, Lori, that uh, sounds uh, great. And if people like, again, if people just like to, and if people like to see these uh, videos we're talking about, how do they uh, get to those? Well, if they go to my my actor website, which is theorganicactor.com, and there are videos online. There's also a course that they can purchase online. There's free videos on my website. There's a purchase uh, set of videos. And just go to theorganicactor.com, and all of that information is on that site. Also on that site are a list of agents, photographers, uh, casting directors in, in various areas in the southeast. There's a lot. I created theorganicactor.com specifically for the actor. So it's a great one-stop shop. Read it, watch it, go through it. There's a great amount of information on that website. Okay, uh, Lori, thanks so much. Any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to mention here? Well, I'm a big believer in... Anybody can accomplish anything they put their mind to. I'm a giant believer in that. And so because I'm a giant believer in that, I um, want to impart that to anybody who is listening. If this is something that they really, really want, they absolutely can attain it. Okay, my guest has been Lori Wyman, and you've been listening to the Mike Kara Radio Show, Fantastic Florida, and please catch us again next time.